Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Edible Landscapes and Food Security. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Wednesday, February 15th in the year 2023. The situation in East Palestine, Ohio, should be alerting everybody to the importance now of taking some responsibility for the food that you eat. We are unclear as to the magnitude of this disaster, which we're going to get into in a minute, and also unclear as to the magnitude of other events happening around the country that will lead to food shortages, but food shortages do appear to be most definitely on the horizon. And that's something everybody needs to take very seriously. So tonight's show, we're going to be looking a lot about that, what we call edible landscapes, but also the context of the importance of moving this way as fast as possible. Begin tonight with one of our sponsors, which is so apropos for what we're talking about, which is My Patriot Supply. Having emergency food is so essential. If you can imagine right now, if you had been in East Palestine and you had to lift up and go all of a sudden because of whatever event, and we'll get into that, happened, then you would need to have emergency food supplies with you. And that's what My Patriot Supply provides are things that you can grab, literally go and carry as necessary with up to a 20-year shelf life. Patriots, do you feel like the world is being held together with duct tape and bailing wire? It sure seems like it. Every day, we're thrown new distractions by the fake news to pull us from the reality we're all about to face. Between the government trying to print their way out of debt, global military conflicts, and a looming food shortage, preparedness is no longer a choice. It's a necessity. In times like these, you can trust My Patriot Supply. Their three-month emergency food kit comes packed with tasty, and I mean tasty, meals with over 2,000 calories per day. And right now, you'll automatically get $200 in free survival gear with each kit you order. These products will save the day when crisis comes, and it's coming soon. Self-reliance is our only option. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and get $200 worth of free survival essentials with your three-month emergency food kit. Everything is in stock and ready to go, with free shipping too. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com before the next disaster strikes. MyPatriotSupply.com. Patriots, as I have said, food security is the foundation for personal sovereignty. Check it out today. Indeed it is. Make sure you check out My Patriot Supply. Take advantage of the good savings and free shipping. All right, Patriots, so let's just kind of take a look in a loose way of what just in a kind of a broad way what's happened in East Palestine. There's obviously a train derailment, and we have a the tanker cars ignite on fire, which I, there's all sorts of debate on how that happened, but that's a couple of theories I'll get to in a second. And with it, there you have vinyl chloride that is burning and polluting the entire eastern shore. I mean, it has literally left East Palestine, Ohio, which is on the eastern side of Ohio, right close to the border of Pennsylvania, and it's drifting across Pennsylvania into New York. In fact, today some pictures came up of a guy in New York looking at the entire sky that was blackened, and it's all this burn that's coming from East Palestine. Now, you're, we're getting reports all over the place of from various sources of animals dying, food or water being too poisonous to drink. And we're also hearing about water roast recently tonight, water catching on fire. Only caution I'm going to give to you on this is don't just grab the narrative and run. Right now, we're in a situation where this has all the telltale markers of a major false flag. Now, false flag is kind of a two-tier statement here. It isn't saying that there isn't damage with a false flag. It is definitely a false flag in terms of, in my opinion, in terms of taking your eyes away from some very critical things. But in the sense of the actual event, we need to get really hands on the ground, people investigating, doing their own analysis of the water, soil, and air. 
And the reason I say this is once you create a fear environment, just like we saw with COVID, and there should be absolutely no trust in our government right now, zero. Anything they tell you, you can pretty much chalk up to partly a lie, mostly a lie, or completely a lie, because that's how they operate. And the fact that they're arresting journalists that have been trying to get on the ground to tell the real story should tell you that they're hiding something. Unfortunately, people, when they get into a state of fear as a collective whole, do exactly what they did in COVID, do exactly what they did in our toilet paper incident, do exactly what they did with the injection. They stop thinking, and they automatically conclude the worst. I could easily see this event as being an event where there is a perimeter area that they have in themselves poisoned, that there is a massive fire going on, and now they're going to tell everybody to evacuate, that all the waters downstream are undrinkable, and they're going to do all of this to control people. They're going to do this to control people, to push them out of certain spaces of land, consolidate them into FEMA camps, control their water, start telling them they have to do a new processing in water, which might just be the introduction of the mRNA in the water system. Patriots, I don't know what it is. And I'm, and I'm not telling you it is that, but I am telling you question everything right now because this narrative is spinning fast and the fact that they won't let independents on the ground to verify sends up tons of red flags for me. And sadly, as I hear people talk about it, they immediately conclude that it's worse, that they're, what they're hiding is the fact that, oh, this is the reason they're not letting journalists in because it's worse. Maybe. In the, in the recent series of Jack Ryan, which was put out on Amazon, and it just released a month or two ago, there is an incident or a scene in there, which is really important to grasp, where they go in to acquire a nuclear missile system that's being developed in Russia. They go into an area that's made out to be like Chernobyl, and they're told that this area is high radiation. As they approach the outer perimeter where the sign says, do not go beyond this point, the radiation meters skyrocket off the charts. Remember, this is a fictional film, but they tell us truth in fiction. I'm just highlighting this for an important reason. Jack Ryan, our lead character, decides to pursue forward and go past the radiation point. And his team is telling him, man, what are you doing? You're going to die of radiation. And his, and his radiation meter is skyrocketing. He gets about 6, 10, maybe 20 feet beyond the sign, and all of a sudden the radiation meter drops to zero. What they had done in the film is they created a false signal at the point to convince people that the entire area was radiated so that they could do operations within the area that nobody would bother them with. I'm bringing this up for a point. I'm not telling you any of the stories coming out of East Palestine are not true. But we need independent verification to understand the magnitude of this event because there's too many pieces here that are lining up to suggest that this event was completely engineered and prepped and is truly a false flag. Let me start with this one, which is rather interesting. This short little piece was a movie that was recently done on Netflix. In fact, it was released in 2022. You can't even make this stuff up. Last year, Netflix released a movie called White Noise. It's about a small town that had to be evacuated after a train collides with a tanker truck that's full of toxic chemicals, creating a massive disaster. Oh yeah, and this small town just happens to be East Palestine, Ohio, where it was also shot and filmed. <sighs> yeah, I don't know what you do with that information, but um, yeah. Well, here's the thing. The question we all have to be asking is how much of the footage that we're seeing is real and how much of it came out of the movie? Since people were pushed out and since they've had control over the environment where the, envir where the journalists should have been, we have no idea what the informational truth is here. These are solid questions to ask. This is not disparaging anybody's situation that they're having. But let's look at some other things here that I think are very important. One of them is the association of Bill Gates' land holdings, okay? Bill Gates' land holdings there are massive. But before we get to that, I just want to put in context here very quickly some of the reports coming out, and this is one by, this is with Glenn Beck today on East Palestine. Listen. Environmental Protection Agency is like, yeah, don't, don't worry. I don't believe them. Um, do you, can I ask you that? Do you believe them, Kaylin? 
So I can I, I can't comment on that, but what I can comment on is that we were told um, by Norfolk personnel that the the agencies that were coming to our homes to test were from independent laboratories. Now, what I can tell you firsthand is that we had a gentleman from CTEC, which is the you know so-called independent laboratory. He was sitting in our driveway from the, the night of the derailment. And we had spoken to him, you know, just very informally. And he said that, and I quote, uh, we follow around the railroad when they make mistakes and they are happy to have us here. Um, and when, you know, CTEC came to our facility to test our air, they had not offered the services of water at that point in time. Uh, they handed me a contract that essentially said that I needed to hold Norfolk, their affiliates, not limited to, but including CTEC, harmless. Uh, harmless of uh, any future. Uh, you didn't sign it. In terms of, oh, of course not. Yeah, good. Um, but unfortunately, 340 other residents did sign it. Wow. And, and that's where my heart just breaks for these people because we don't know the long-term repercussions of what these chemicals can do in our air, to our environments, to our homes to our businesses, and they've signed their rights away in the hopes that they're getting help and the right answers from these organizations. And what I can tell you firsthand is that CTEC, the affiliate of Norfolk that came to test the air, was followed by the EPA. And what I can tell you is that we said, can the EPA by themselves come into our kennel? We do not sign this paper. And can they test themselves? Because they're a government organization that has the ability, they had the testing equipment with them, and the answer was absolutely not. That should send up red flags everywhere for people. The EPA is not going to test. A private agency is allowing, a private entity is asking you to sign away your rights. And there's no confirmation, independent confirmations of these testings. I'm telling you, this thing is smelling so much like a false flag. I, it's just, it's, it's stunning to me how quickly people are getting wrapped into this. Now, when we look at Bill Gates' land holdings in Ohio, he's already ha he already has 8,915 acres. And if we look at what's nearby, this is what I find really interesting. And this is a little story that we weren't paying, we paid attention to when it happened, but we didn't pay attention to to the end. Now, according to the reports, and I'm using not news reports, and I'm not using federal reports, I'm using independent reports of people filming the trajectory of these winds and where the smoke is going, it is drifting east. Okay, there is, that's, that is what people are showing again and again on independent reports on the web. What I find interesting, and whether or not this is, is true or not, I mean, whether or not the smoke hits this location or not, Amos... Was Amos was a Amos Miller was an Amish farmer that lived in lived over in Bird in Hand, Pennsylvania. Now that just happens to be a bit west of Philadelphia. It is by location from East Palestine. It's four hours and thirty-two minutes, and it's a little bit south of the actual wind and trajectory of all this. But all of this area, which is being supposedly blanketed in this vinyl chloride burn smoke, a large percentage of this area is Amish farmers. Now, why do I tie the, these all together? Because of this case. Amos Miller's farm was shut down by U.S. Marshals for selling food that was not registered with the FDA. It means he was selling meat and milk that were clean. They didn't have pesticides. They didn't have injections in them. All of his farm was confiscated. He was charged a $300,000 fine and was facing jail time. On December, on December 20th, 2022, the U.S. Appeals Court said that Amos would not be spending Christmas in jail, dropped the $300,000 fine, and allowed him to sell meat again as he was before. Now, the one thing that we know that is going on here is there is a war against our food supply. And the Amish represent a movement of clean food. They constantly prove that you do not need injections, vaccines, that they call it for cattle or for any of their animals, and they constantly prove that they can raise crops without pesticides. Their movement 
is part of a growing movement of people reclaiming their independence from food. So from my optic, when I see these things start lining up, I start to ask some big questions. What was the motive of the burn in East Palestine? I'm also asking, since Gates owns so much land and the Chinese and Gates are buying up farmland, what would be the advantage of something, an event like this? Well, if you could make people believe, regardless of whether you do it, but if you could make people believe that the air was polluted with chlorine vinyl, vinyl chloride and that the land was now polluted, you would be able to use the powers of the federal government through the EPA's Toxic Waste Act to force them off their land, and you would be able to acquire their land at pennies on the dollar because it would be a waste zone. It would be a toxic cleanup zone. And here's the next step. Then you as a company, like the railroad company, would be able to get an EPA contract worth hundreds of millions of dollars to clean up that place and then to be able to return the land to the market and who would gain, it would be the big buyers that would pick it up and own U.S. farmland. You have to think through these things to understand what's going on here. I'm not saying what I have is the exact map. I'm going to be very clear about this. But don't believe the narratives. Question them, all of them, because this smells. On top of this, they're talking about water pollution all the way out to the Pacific. I'm not, or out, out to the Atlantic. Excuse me, that's the West Coast of me coming out. All the way out to the Atlantic. That right there is enough to start controlling water supplies, forcing people to drink bottled water, forcing people to be on the dependency of their water systems. All of this is about taking us from the land that God gave us. All of this is about enslaving us in their new digital system. All of this is about the Great Reset. All of this is about Agenda, agenda 2030. Every bit of this. So here's the last piece of this in this little story that's unusual, and I don't have proof on this other than there's a number of reports that there were apparently two rockets fired when they were shooting down one of those balloons. I don't know. All I'm going to say is, one, if that's true, what they've only reported is one, and there are some people claiming that a rocket hit the trains and lit it on fire. I can't tell you that's true or not. I'm just telling you it's worth looking at again. Don't just dismiss these things. This government has proven one absolute truth above all. It lies it lies gleefully, it lies persistently, and it lies to cover its tracks and to force its own agenda on the people. It uses its leverage of, tr of trust, and it uses the media to control people. The final point of that, of how big this is, is the simple fact that the media went complete blackout on this, complete blackout on this report, and does not, is not reporting the magnitude of this. An environmental disaster that would be absolute red meat to the environmental crazies in this country to ar start arguing for more controls on petrochemicals, more shutdown of the uh, petroleum industry. None of it's happening. Ask yourself why. I can't answer that, but I can tell you that's, that's right where you begin to sniff because when those things are happening and those people aren't making noise and this event's going on, and in the meantime, they have you looking at UFOs and they have CNN telling you UFOs are real, you need to start asking some serious questions. To me, this is all about pushing people off the land, to acquire the land, to get the Chinese and Gates in there to buy the land, and to get huge contracts to clean up, which is just another way to siphon money off of the U.S. taxpayer. That's how I see it. And until proven otherwise, that means independent testing. I'm going to remain skeptical of the magnitude of what they say it is. I'm totally clear people are reporting dead animals and having problems drinking their water. I want to know how big this is and whether these are isolated cases that they have set up like a false flag or if this is a real event that is truly that toxic and that polluted in the area. Every one of us needs to answer this question, needs to seek that answer because the magnitude and ramifications of what they're doing here are going to be felt all over the country. They're already doing it. There's more derailments. From a strategic perspective, as we point our finger at the U.S. government's hand in this, which may very well be the case, there's one other piece to this which will lead us back to the importance of food. And that is the Russians are on the move. We declared war on Russia by proxy through Ukraine. And in doing so, we've, they have discovered that we had bioweapons labs that we were funding, that we were developing bioweapons with, likely where COVID was incubated was in Ukraine. 
that they were testing these bioweapons on people in Donbass and in the and designed to go after all of Russia with these bioweapons. That was us using our Ukraine proxy. They have found that Ukraine ha- is a place where they were growing organs for people, harvesting organs for people, that they were having, this is where they had baby factories for people to adopt children on. They had all sorts of human experimentation going on. All of this stuff is coming out of the Russian MOD. And we have been sending in tons of weapons into Russia for the purpose of fighting against Ukraine. We've sent in advisors for the purpose of fighting, have Ukraine fight against Russia. And the most recent event is that we have allowed, by proxy, Ukraine to use chemical weapons on Russian troops. And they filmed it and they've shown it on the web. Horrific death. We've also had U.S. journalists confirm that they have proven that we are now the responsible agent in the destruction of Nord Stream 2. Now, let that sink in just a minute. Those are direct acts of war on a sovereign nation that we have our fingerprints directly on. So I tell you all these things because Russia is now preparing for a counter move, and it's very evident with the number of things that are going on in Russia. Putin has been meeting with the Duma and getting having emergency meetings, and he's going to be having a speech to his nation on the 21st, which is next week. That's one day before the Security Council meets for Russia to present its case to the Security Council on what their findings are with the bioweapons labs and other things. In the meantime, Russia is amassing all sorts of weaponry on the border, air air assault, air capability on the border of Ukraine. And it has deployed its ships around the world with nuclear missiles on board, the first time that's happened in years. Now, I'm not telling you you're going to a nuclear war, but I do know that the indications are that they are preparing for a counter move, and it's going to be a bold one. And I think that they're not going to take this sitting down, the fact that the U.S. has been involved in this. And Putin has been making overtures very blunt that he is not at war with the American people, which means he is at war with the corporate state of America and this corrupt Pentagon that we have. Furthermore, we saw today that there was an outage in, uh, by Lufthansa. They lost all of its Internet and had to ground all its planes globally. Now, the, the report was that an internet line got cut, whatever. The suggestion, there's other reports saying that it was Russian hackers. They were doing a test run to see how effective they could be to start shutting down Western infrastructure. Something's coming. You don't poke the bear and, don't, and get the bear not coming back at you. I'm just serious about this. And this administration has been warned by Flynn, by other people, by Trump to stop poking the bear, and they don't want to stop. At the end of the day, this administration is what runs this country, like it or not. So that would mean a potential cyber attack against us. It would mean a lot of potential things, potentially even an EMP. And since the media has been running that narrative with EMP, prepare for that sort of false flag or at least that sort of event that they're preparing you for. They're going to blame Russia either way, whether Russia does something or not, just because that's the flavor of the day. All that comes down to us, our responsibility. Because as you are seeing with East Palestine, as you are seeing with other events moving around the country, when these things happen, people get displaced. They go into, they get supplies that are start cutting off. The logistics system falls apart. And on when we don't, when we look at just an optic locally, we tend to go brain numb because there's still food in our grocery store. There's still gasoline at our gas station. It's not going to take much to shut this nation down. We're very fragile right now. And we're not as resilient as people would like to believe. The answer to this in going forward with anything we do is to decentralize everything. But that's not going to happen in a corporate world. It's not going to happen when we look up and say, oh, great government, our great, our great Babylonian tower, please decentralize everything. They have no intention of doing that. In fact, everything that this administration is doing, everything that this tyrannical government is doing, everything that these corporate beasts are doing is trying to consolidate, consolidate, consolidate to put more power in the hands of fewer rather than 
in more many. So we have a responsibility to start making those position shifts, radical ones, and they have to happen sooner than later. For over two years, almost three years, we have been talking about county by county. And one of the critical parts of county by county, pillar number three is Patriot Gardens. And that's an absolute critical piece here is that everybody needs to be growing your own food in any capacity. I can't stress that enough. But it's even more than your own food. One of the biggest fights that everyone's going to have going forward here, if you live in certain communities, is going to be your homeowners association, the HOA. The HOAs control so many people's homes. We have something like 80 million acres of lawn in this nation. What I refer to as toxic lawn because very few lawns exist without massive petrochemicals being pumped into them and then into our groundwater. We need to be reclaiming, absolutely reclaiming those lawns and turning them into productive spaces. And people need to be reclaiming their landscapes and turning them into edible landscapes. This is not a new idea. This is an idea that's been pushed around for heavily for the last 30 years. But now we're at a critical moment. This is the time of year to be looking at it. I know I've mentioned them before, and it's just going to give them a quick pitch because they are a great product, and it's here intentionally for you to get to take advantage of, and that's Treadlight Broad Forks. The link is below the, web, the website or the podcast, and Treadlight makes a broad fork that I have used for help digging double-dug beds. I've used it now for three years. It's an incredible product, and I just bought more of them to add to the upper property. So check them out because as tools, you're going to need hand tools and not electric tools. You want to stock yourself up on tools that you can rely on and tools that you can use without power, without fuel, etc. We need to be growing food at a mass level in a community. And communities need to be standing up and start growing their own food because this is the resiliency. They're wanting to force people into their system. And their system is based on fear. Their system is based on forced relocation. Their system is based on forced dependency on their water, on their food that they grow, and taking away every aspect of free production of anything other than what they say is okay. That is their centralized plan. So we go back to East Palestine. If you think for a minute that this looks like an accident, just coincidentally, in one of the best farmland parts of our nation, I would be questioning that if you're thinking that. But there's so much more that we can be doing as a nation. And that so much more is growing your own food. Edible landscapes is a really critical piece and why I go back to the Homeowners Association. There's going to have to be a lot of changes in these HOA rules. If you are in a community and you're not part of your HOA, I would highly encourage you to get actively involved especially in some of the newer HOAs that are very restrictive on what can be done. HOAs many times will forbid any sort of garden, and they will mandate some sort of landscaping that is of a particular type, particular style. Those rules have to be changed. We need to be getting people where they can grow what we call edible landscapes. You have to be able to grow things that you can eat. Sometimes that looks very attractive. You can get many things, and it's done intentionally to create things that look aesthetically correct for your for your environment, for your neighborhood. Dandelions, for example, are grown for, as grass for lawn in place of lawns, and there's mixes that you can get for that. Dandelions happen to be, by the way, one of these interesting little things. I don't know if you know this, but Bear owns the company that makes Roundup. Bear. Roundup was originally designed to go after dandelions. Dandelions happen to be a, me a natural medication for heart problems. You can put those two together. There's so much that you can grow in an edible landscape. The herbs, the fruits, the trees, the, the vegetables, all these things you can grow. And you can grow on your property, front and back. If you don't have enough room in your backyard, you can. Own, that's where your front yard becomes very prosperous. Because many times houses are laid out with a big lawn or with a front yard that's supposed to be for the aesthetics of the street, not for the production of food. All of this change has to start occurring rapidly, and it's going to be up to individuals to fight to win these battles. As a nation, as a world, we are heading into a food shortage. That's not 
a, a projection out of my out of my head. It is what all the evidence of production is showing us. Farming lands are underproducing. They are not producing what they were. Many lands were shut down. Either way, we are heading into heading into a crisis because it has been ex- predicted that there's about six full cycles left on a large percentage of American farmland before its petrochemical model has exhausted it so much that it will no longer produce. That is a crisis. The topsoils have been massively depleted across this nation over years and years of toxic chemical, petrochemical, petrol injectors, fertilizers, herbicides, etc. That abuse has absolutely stripped the soil of a lot of its worth. And so it becomes less an organic matter place and it becomes much more just a container for seeds. And that's a vicious cycle because then it needs genetically modified seeds to support its growth in an environment that's been depleted. And then you need special petrochemical mixes to enhance the genetically modified seeds growth. It's one big vicious circle. Individual plots of land in people's homes become the most productive alternative. And this is literally filling the silos. We are now in the window that people should be planning out their garden and preparing to start seedlings for early spring planting. We are now here. And all of these plans, everybody should be having. If you're in an apartment, you should be growing food. If you haven't already, be growing food on the counters, growing food under grow lights, whatever you can, or on your balcony. Container gardening is another great thing to do. Backyards, strip away your lawn. Time to make a garden. Front yards, if you can, and if you if that's all you have, find a way through your HOA, or if you're not in an area that has it, change your front yard to a productive growing space. There is a looming crisis here, and they are manufacturing it by design. They want to break the will of people, and they know that they can as they move forward. You can create a homestead fully... You can create a fully functional homestead on a very small chunk of land. You can do this on an eighth of an acre. You can produce, or less, you can produce most of the green vegetables that you eat for an entire year. As we've already seen with the egg crisis, you can have chickens in a very small space. And in a very small space in your backyard, you can grow meat, eggs, and fresh vegetables very closely. If you look at the trees you have on your, on your yard, if you replace those with productive trees... Everything in the process of your looking at your yard needs to be focused towards a production of something, whether it's a medicinal, whether it is a fruit or a, for edible, whether it's a nut for edible, whether it's a vegetable plot, or whether it's a space for chickens or even bees. But you have to scale your model down so it becomes very efficient. In many, most cities, I wouldn't say most, in many cities, I'm in one of them. I mean, again, I've talked about the weirdness of a blue state because they passed rules here requiring that the Oregon State Extension Office support local beekeeping in urban areas because they wanted to enhance the diversity. That works to the advantage of a homesteader, especially an urban homesteader. You can put a hive of bees in your backyard if you have those rules. You have to manage it. You're going to probably get some swarms. You're going to have to be on top of it. But if you let your neighbors know what you're doing, Honey, if you take honey and you take meat and eggs, you could literally live off of that for, if everything else failed, for a year easily. It will provide everything you need nutrition-wise. It doesn't mean you're going to be fat and happy, but you will be healthy. Start making these changes now. It's back to basics, and it's always going back to go forward. We There has been a great deal of effort within this community of Bars Nation to get involved in growing, canning, preserving, people studying and becoming expert in tinctures, in natural health remedies. The wealth of knowledge that exists within our community is huge. We need to continue to foster that and grow that out and now take that outside of the community to help others and start linking with other communities. And just to footnote that, that's the big part of Bard's Fest this year. It is a big part of Bards Fest to be able to fund this, these, I mean, to be able to bring people together in these festivals, which are going to be quite a number of them. I don't know how many yet. They're going to be a couple day events and it's going to be focused on these sorts of skills to get people 
to be allow people to share what they know and to share knowledge and to build relationships and communities so that you build we build support networks far outside just the channel. There's a wealth of information and a wealth of different ways of doing things. I have my way of doing things. I've met other people that do things completely different. It doesn't matter. They're, the end result is the same. Food is being produced, and that's the goal. But all these events that we're looking at, we're coming to some major uh, fuse points would be the right term. The outfall from whatever this is, whether it's a lie, a psyop, if it's a real thing in East Palestine, and it's probably a little bit of both, is going to have ripple effects on how they tell you or make you perceive food safety. These are great precepts to allow them to start saying, well, chickens are getting sick. We now have to introduce a new vaccine, which just, by the way, they just did. As this East Palestine thing happened, they announced that they were now testing the new chicken vaccine, chicken flu or chicken virus vaccine, avian flu. That's what it is. These things aren't accidental. And it's, as I said all along, they want every single thing in the world injected, tagged, with mRNA and other trackers so that they can monitor and track every single thing that moves and goes on in the world. That is literally their goal. And the only way through that is to defy them and to break their push to make you believe in their narrative. And that first step, which is probably the most radical thing anybody can do right now, is to grow your own food and separate from the system at any cost. Make sure you're identifying local sources for things. Plan ahead. If the infrastructure starts to collapse, it doesn't matter whether there's an abundance somewhere or not. If you start to see a breakdown of the infrastructure, as I expect you, we will probably see in the coming weeks and months, normal things you will expect to see begin to fall short. Simple indicator. I went into Costco the other day. Typically, Costco has about six freezer doors worth of eggs. They're down to one freezer door of eggs, and it's only the Kirkland brand. So now the independent producers aren't being represented there. And these are just things I was checking as I was going along. Costco is doing a lot of filling in of shelves with extra things. They're doing it at other stores as well. They're replicating certain products over and over because they don't have the depth of products that they did before. So they're spreading them out over many shelves to try to make it look like the shelves are full. Again, early indicators, important indicators that things aren't quite as they should be, or at least I should say it this way, as we were accustomed to them being. And this is only going to get worse. Remember, the dollar is falling now. It's pretty much been, its underpinning of the oil industry has, it's, as a petrodollar currency has been removed, and it's beginning its decline rapidly. We have global events going on that are disrupting pretty much everything. China is not in good shape. It just had a, a massive or protest in Wuhan, of all places. There's so many protests daily in China right now that the government has refused to report them. China is short on food. It is short on pork. It is short on, on poultry. It is short on grains, and it's short on rice. All the essentials that are diet, have, they are not producing enough to sustain their own country. And they're trying to buy up everything they can on the global market, which means even our own producers may be bound to them by contract. Because remember, many of these big corporate farms aren't about you. They're buying through some sort of broker. And so many of the things that we see produced, you could hear all day long about how much soybeans, corn, wheat that we're producing in this country, but none of it may become available in our market because it may be pulled away to feed China. And China's goal is to ultimately buy as much property as they can in the country, farmland, so they can produce it and have it dedicated to them, not to us. We're being gutted from the inside out. And that's a fight we can take on down the way. Right now is the immediacy that everybody is out here growing food. And there shouldn't be a patriot out here that doesn't have some form of garden. And I'll tell you, if I was president, I'd be like, if you're going to be an American citizen, you're going to grow food. If you don't grow food, then you need to give up your citizenship and we'll send you to China. Or something like that. That might be a little harsh, but I think you get my point. So keep your keep things focused, right? We're in a very critical time right now. 
and there's a lot of moving parts. And in no way, and I will say this every night, I'm not here to generate fear. This is about getting plans in your head. Every one of us. And every one of us needs to do more, myself included. There, we, there's never enough time in the day. And if you have idle time, then grow more. Right? So pay attention to the, to the narratives, number one. Make sure that you're paying attention to what they're saying and what they're not saying. Wherever the media is telling you to look, don't look there. Look somewhere else where they're trying to hide things. Don't listen to the, to the white noise coming out of D.C. There's way too much emphasis on the Hunter Biden laptop and Twitter. And there's not nearly enough emphasis on the criticality of issues like the lack of food and the threat and the emerging threat of a pissed off Russia since we created that fight. And above all, focus on what your needs are at home, which need to be focused on how much food you need to grow, figure out what you can grow, what you will grow, and then look at what your reserves are to sustain you. And with that, look for local resources to fill the gaps. The one thing about food in the last part of this tonight, and one of the reasons that I do advertise my Patriot Supply as an example, there's others, you can, but that's the one I'm very happy to have part of this channel. You need to have a core amount of emergency food. Whether I think 90 days is solid because if you get caught in a place where food is short and the production of your garden doesn't go quite right, which is possible, or they decide to burn a tanker full of vinyl chloride near you, something like that, your garden is not going to sustain. You need to have transitional food in storage available. Ideally, you have more than that, like up to a year of food in store, but at least 90 days. And that way you know that no matter what happens, you can sustain yourself as you adapt to the changing environment. Adaptability, flexibility are the two key aspects moving forward here and having redundancies built into your system. When you look at those things combined, you, ha- you can survive just about anything. Now, obviously, above all of this is our faith in God, and that's, that's a given in this conversation. But in the practical application of things, is this constant focus on how much, what do you have that if you had to get up and go in 30 minutes, would you be able to pack up food enough from your stores to sustain you for 90 days? The answer should be yes. Do you have water to sustain you for 30 to 60 days? Hopefully 90. And then when you look at your garden, do you have your garden planned out? Do you have your garden layered out so it'll produce? Do you have a capability of growing in the cold weather? And do you have enough seeds to sustain you that are not chemically developed or genetically modified, but are heirloom seeds that you can, that you can save and recontinue to grow with over time? Really important things all the way through here. This is all about the third pillar, Patriot Gardens, in, in our in our county-by-county county model. All right, Patriots, let's pray. Father, we're blessed in this time to, to have been given such good insight and guidance to be prepared and being continuing prepared, to continue to prepare to virtually or metaphorically fill our silos. Such an important time to be vigilant in this time, and we pray for everyone right now that hears this message to hear on their heart to get committed to growing food and building stores of food. This is going to be a difficult time, potentially. And while we will know that we will endure this just fine as our faith in you continues to grow and we grow deeper, we just pray for all those that are listening to literally commit to acquiring, storing, and growing as much possible food as we can. It's not just about us, Father. We know that. This is going to be about neighborhoods. This is going to be about people. This is going to be about coming together as community to get through these times, and these times are coming. So we we pray for that powerful heart, that energy to stimulate the excitement of the times we're in to get forward and start being actively involved in literally sowing seeds. And in so doing, to inspiring the neighbors to do the same, the communities to do the same, and start preparing for 
the unknown that seems to be facing us like a freight train coming down the tracks. Guide us in these times, Father. Bless us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, patriots, stay committed, stay focused. And every chance you get, encourage somebody to grow food. It's important. I will say this. I'm inspired by how many people are doing that, how many people are digging in and really doing a great job. So there's so many examples of this in so many different communities. It's really inspiring to know. But we're not hearing this message from our political elite. And that should bother you. And you should be asking questions as well. Like, why aren't we hearing anybody on Capitol Hill, anybody in any political party mentioning the importance of growing food? It's an innocuous statement. It doesn't have any political bias to it other than the fact it doesn't feed Tyson's bottom line. It doesn't feed any of the meatpacking people's bottom line. It doesn't feed any of the, the genetically modified seed companies like Monsanto's bottom line. In fact, it goes the opposite way. And that's probably the core of all of this. They want you to ultimately be dependent on them for food and for life. God did not put us here to be dependent on them. Our only dependency in that sense is on him. And that's where we need to be. And that's the fight we need to continue with and maintain that level of sovereignty as we move forward. Hard work ahead for everybody. This is going to be a very busy year. Roll your sleeves up. Get your hands dirty. Time to dig in. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue and crush the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
an old evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs>